0: Hey, Health By Designers, if you're looking to start living stronger, longer, and better today, and why wouldn't you be, then make sure to check out my all-new, on-demand, Live Stronger, Longer, Better Today Masterclass, packed with the same must-know topics and information I guide all my coaching clients with to reach their personal health, fitness, and even life goals. It's 100% free, doesn't require any software, no logins to remember, and doesn't force you to choose a time or anything like that. Just watch it when you want, how you want. To get it, simply visit my website at wwwroalexandercom VIP, and I hope you enjoy the masterclass. And now, let's get on to this week's episode of Health by Design. Looking to live stronger, longer, and better? Then welcome to Health by Design hosted by leading healthy living expert and wellness architect, Roar Alexander. After years of traveling and studying around the world, Roar combines his decades of Western health and fitness knowledge with the many time proven traditions and secrets of the ancient East to bring you only the best in cutting-edge information and special guest interviews that will have you feeling great, losing weight, and finally grabbing a hold of everything you want out of life. So if you're ready to take control of your body, health, and mind, then it's time. For Health by Design. Hey everybody, welcome to Health by Design podcast. A podcast for busy men and women over 35 who are looking to lose weight and start living stronger, longer and better. And you want to do that in an easy, efficient and yet very effective ways. Cuz that's what it's all about, isn't it? If it's difficult It's just probably just too difficult to even bother with, so let's just make it as easy as we can. Now, saying that, this podcast is not about reaching a six-pack, and none of my podcasts are. Now, I'm not saying you can't, and again, it's really not that hard, but it does require significantly more dedication, a little bit more education, Um, but that's not what this is about. This podcast is about if you are looking to getting and maintaining a healthy or even a fit level of body fat for life, which a lot of people don't know because when you watch Instagram, social media, all that, Stuff all you see is all about rippy and swole being jack being whatever. But for men, it's basically anywhere from that nine to eighteen percent, even 12 to 18 percent be considered healthy, and for women it's 20 to 30. Now, those higher numbers that's hardly men's cover abs, but that is still very, very healthy, and that's what this podcast is all about. Okay, it's not about chasing that elusive six-pack, it's about having a nice, you know, nice in-shape body, feeling good, feeling energized. So Lots of interesting stuff happening lately. A lot of fun. So Vancouver has just recently launched another three-week... I don't really call it... It's not a lockdown, but they've they've made restaurants buckle down again. Um, You cannot eat inside now for three weeks. This thing just is not going away. Um, So you can't eat inside. And then the other thing, too, is they have canceled all group fitness classes. So for a while, it was... um, what was it? It was high intensity group fitness, but you could do things like a lot of people still didn't even know, know this, but you could do things like yoga, low intensity or weight training classes, smaller things where smaller groups were doing things that were low intensity as long as they could maintain their distance. But they've even shut that down now, which is unfortunate. But at the same time, uh, it doesn't really affect me because just so you know, guys, if you are in the Vancouver area, I do have a couple fun uh, new group classes that I'm actually going to be teaching the gym essential of athletics that I work with, and I also host their fitness essentials podcast. We're all doing a. I'm going to be putting on a six week kickboxing, a fitness kickboxing class, and a 10 week MetCon class. So that should be a lot of fun. So I'm hoping this thing all blows over fairly soon and things ease back up. Just so. Um, I could really start getting into those fitness classes because the nice thing about this gym is they do have a big outdoor area. So I'm developing these programs so they can actually use at least for the Metcon one, any a nice big part of the outdoor area because I do realize that I do miss a little bit of that group strength and conditioning, that group fitness element, um, and I'd like to get back into it for a little while. Now, I've also brought on a very new nutritionist. Now. When I do my coaching, obviously with my coaching, I you know, I do talk about nutrition with people, but I do prefer to have I have a health pro team. If you've never been to my website, ruralalexander.com, check it out. Because I have a health pro team, because I really think there are people out there that really specialize and they're really passionate in certain areas. And you know, for instance, we have Jason Mazick who does the building biology. He comes in, he measures you know, he can test your water, test your air, test your EMFs, test your dirty electricity, all that sort of stuff. We have Peter Schwagley who does the DEXA scan? So he scans your body and he can do a bunch of cool stuff. Um, he gives you a great consultation. We have, of course, the DNA, where I'm a partner with you know, DNA Power. So we do genetic testing. And then my wife, of course, handles sort of the yoga, the meditation side, the stress release side. And then I handle the kind of the generally putting it all together. But one of the things I really wanted to get was a really solid nutritionist um, just to really get that in-depth nutrition knowledge and, ju- and just for somebody that really can just handle that part of picture. I like to handle the whole picture. I'm like the director. I like to handle the whole picture with my coaching clients and I kind of oversee everything, but everybody has their areas that they really expertise in. So if you were interested in that, check her out. It's Veronica Yu, and her website is makeovernutrition.com. And of course, when you do any of my coaching packages, uh, you will be getting, you know, Veronica's specialty in there as well. So feel free, of course, when you're on my website, royalalexander.com, to check out my coaching packages. There's women's, of course, turn back time, uh, which is for women basically 30 and over, men's muscle. And then, of course, the stronger, longer, better, uh, shorter and longer term programs as, as well. Of course, uh, if those none of those kind of resonate with you, you're not really feeling those. We can always come up with something completely new, uh, completely made over a new program. So saying that, um, I am accepting still a few clients. I still have some space for a few clients. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So you know, what do you get with my programs? Well? You get live weekly one-on-one coaching calls or in-person coaching, depending if you're in the area that I happen to be in, which is the Vancouver, Canada area right now. Personalized fitness program, uh, your best life, health, and fitness PDF, many neat activities, mini primes, mobility and abs, nutritional guidance um, between me and Veronica You Masterclass videos, gender-specific supplement guides, specific program lifestyle trackers, online yoga sessions with my wife, who is the founder of Ahina Yoga, Yoga 200 uh, certified and a Thai body work master teacher. And like I said, if you're in the Vancouver area, we got some great hybrid stuff and you can actually get some Thai Bodywork with your sessions too. Because I call them a hybrid fashion where it's a mix of live coaching calls and uh, recorded videos. So that is kind of what's new over there. So lots of exciting stuff coming up. Like I said, now, if, like I mentioned, if you kind of missed it, I do host another podcast called the Fitness Essentials Podcast, so be sure to check that out. That is also here on um, Apple uh, and Spotify and Anchor and wherever else you happen to be listening to this. So today's podcast is Eating to Lose Weight and Building Muscle for Busy People or just what I call Nutrition Made Easy. Um, seem to have two titles here, so I'm just going to call it Nutrition Made Easy, okay? I think that's a better description for it uh, than the top one. Now, saying that, um, it is it is for busy people, and we're all busy, so I've tried to simplify down nutrition as much as possible, and I'm going to be covering eight eight areas that we should be looking at when it comes to making nutrition easy because so many people, so many make nutrition so Complex and a lot of it, a lot of it is because you know, there's obviously people trying to sell a product, quite often that's their supplement line, or quite often that's their diet book, or quite often it's their philosophy, for instance. Buy my carnivore diet book and why eating only meat is good for you. Buy my paleo book and why eating paleo is good for you. Buy my vegan masterclass and vegan course. But it doesn't, it's not that, <laughs> it, it is so not complicated. And I know that because I've lived in countries with people who know nothing about nutrition who are in better shape than people who know about nutrition. Um, so I'm going to be covering just real basic eight simple things that we can do to make eating a hell of a lot easier. So nutrition made easy now point one, and this is probably the most basic and easiest. And if you just follow this one point, just this one point alone, you will lose weight and you'll start feeling more energetic. Okay. That's it's simple as that. And that is eating Whole or Less Refined Foods. Now, if you're not sure what that means, you're like, I, I hear that term all the time. What does it mean? Well, I'm going to give you two resources. The first one is I want you to go to my YouTube channel, and which is just uh, it's just Roar Alexander. Just type in there. And there is a video called, let me see. I believe it is Whole food mistakes let me take a peek here yes it is called whole food mistakes where i talk about my five levels of food processing to let people know like just what the heck is whole foods but to make it easy for you listening to this right now it is foods that are as close to nature as possible so the easiest example i could give you would be going out to the garden and buying and no, sorry, buying and picking a carrot or a tomato. You go out there, pick a tomato, you eat it. Okay, that is the simplest way to get a whole food. Now, after that, you have things like you know, pe- natural peanut butter, which is not found in nature in its butter form, but it's basically peanuts grinded up. That would be kind of a second level that is a mildly processed but still very whole food. So To make it easy, whole foods are just foods that either as they're found in nature or processed just to be edible. Once you start adding more and more ingredients, for instance, you take a tomato, you mash it up, you throw in some salt, you throw in a little bit of, I don't know, some spices. It starts becoming not quite whole, not to say it's bad though, so that's the thing. I could take a tomato right now and I could chop it up, mash it up, throw it in a pot, add a little bit of salt, add some fresh herbs, I could add some oregano, add some you know, it's still it's it's all different whole foods, just combined, right, so I'm just combining whole foods, then you get into that level where you start getting into adding sugars, adding artificial sweeteners, adding flavor enhancers, adding in fats, especially shitty fats like soy canola vegetable oil right palm oil that's where we start going down that bad rabbit hole so try to eat your foods as close to natural as possible now things like bread and pastas they kind of they start to get sketchier. that's a problem with them I'm not anti bread I eat a, I eat a lot of bread but I look for really quality bread so to give you an example I went to the grocery store yesterday And i wanted to buy some sourdough bread now let's see what just for interest sake let's type in what sourdough bread ingredients should be so i'm just going to click on here sourdough bread a beginner's guide here we go let's see if we can i don't want to waste a lot of your time but it probably should be straightforward, I think, if I recall. It's not that many ingredients. Okay, so here we go. Water bubbly sourdough starter. So that's kind of the um, uh, that's the starter kit because it is in is a bacteria kit. Um, a little bit of olive oil. Add some br- uh, bread flour and fine sea salt. Yeah, that's it. It's about what five or six ingredients there. The one I looked at was like regular wheat flour, blah 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 blah, blah. um, palm oil. Like it was just there was, I don't think there was even any of the sourdough. I think it was almost like a sourdough flavored bread. I could just tell looking, I read the instructions. I'm like, this is the furthest thing from sourdough. Yeah, here, right here. Your starter must be kept alive with regular feedings of flour and water to maintain its. Strength for maximum rising because it is a bacteria or a culture, right? This was by far from a culture. So this was a processed bullshit sourdough trying to pawn itself off as sourdough. So watch the ingredient list. Things like sourdough that should have five or six basic ingredients. When there's 10, 15 ingredients in it, then there's things like palm oil, uh, canola oil, Enriched wheat flour, that stuff starts becoming very processed. So, obviously, I did not end up buying that. I ended up just buying some sprouted grain bread, which had a lot less ingredients. But if you do, and I'm not going to get over it again, but studies have shown that people, when they just eat whole foods, just tend to eat less. Okay, I'm not going to get in all the stats. I've talked about those in other podcasts, I've talked about them in videos. You just have to take my word for it that people who eat whole foods eat less calories, period. So, that's number one. Number two is serving sizes. So here's where um, the rule on number one can still be broken, right? Because I'll have this quite often or I'll see it a lot. Client comes, they're overweight, they can't lose the weight, yet they're eating very healthy, quote, you know, quote, unquote, healthy foods. I'm like, yes, the foods you're eating are... Good, they're healthy. You're eating your coconut oil, your virgin coconut oil. You got your olive oils. You're you're eating, and I'm not anti rice, even white rice. Like you're eating rice. So you're having rice. You're having vegetables. You're having meat. You're having all the good oils. You're still eating too much. In fact, over the last few months, even just I, even, and I know this stuff, I have been cutting out the fats a lot added fats i should say in my diet just because you don't need them so i'll give you an example right somebody will make some salmon like a nice salmon filet with the skin on it you know some vegetables but then they add up you know they they put on the you know they fry it maybe in a little bit of uh, say coconut oil and then they add some olive oil on at the end well that is about 110 calories just in one tablespoon of olive oil. A lot of people aren't measuring out; they're not putting uh, olive oil onto their spoon. Now, I just had—I just made myself a protein banana pancake, and I was probably—I probably will make a video on this later. And what I did is I have this really low-calorie maple um, maple sugar kind of maple syrup substitute. Uh, I'm not going to lie; it's got sucralose in it. Not the healthiest thing in the world, but. 80% less sugar than regular maple syrup. And what I did is I still pour it onto the one little silver spoon I have so I can measure it properly. You look at things like peanut butter. I'll see people, uh, you go and get a p- peanut butter bagel just from the local donut shop, right? They're going to cut the bagel in half and they just take a big scoop of knife and they just, you know, they put on the peanut butter and they're probably putting on two, maybe three or more tablespoons of peanut butter, one tablespoon of peanut butter alone has 90 calories and one tablespoon of peanut butter barely covers that bagel i promise you that because i measure my peanut butter so you can still eat whole foods like i said and depending on the kind of whole foods you're eating but you can still overdo it if you're not aware of your serving sizes so like i said eating whole foods There's a good chance that you probably will eat less than if you're eating hyper-refined foods. That is true. But you can still easily overdo the healthy foods, particularly if you're eating calorie-dense healthy foods, particularly if you're even, say, you're pounding away two or three avocados um, with your meals, right? Maybe you're having some healthy Mexican, but you're pounding a full avocado or two. I mean, that's just going to be a lot of calories from fat, even though it's quote-unquote good fat. So... How then we, because calories in, calories out, it's still the primary driver at the end of the day. Now, when you go to places like it, I I haven't really been to Europe. I've been to England, but that's not the best example. But I'm going to give you an example because I lived in Asia. We live in Asia lifestyle. We have, my, my house is very Southeast Asia lifestyle. I had a friend the other day that said, your house looks very, <laughs> very mix of modern Asian. I'm like, I know. But When you're there, everything is measured out. Just your plates are smaller. Smaller plates hold less food. Your cups are smaller. Smaller cups hold less liquid. It's as simple as that. When you have rice, you go to any street food place in Thailand for the most part. I'm going to use Thailand because that's my... I've been to many, many countries, but Thailand is probably my best example because I lived there for four years straight. And when you order food, they take the rice out of the big thing they have there, the big container. They put it in this little plastic bowl, and then they flip the bowl upside down on your plate. And that gives you about a cup and a half or so of rice. And that's your serving. And then there's little veg- there's vegetables and herbs that go on the side, but you're just not getting these gigantic plates. And that's a really simple way to do it. Now, I suggest we take it a step further. So... In my kitchen, and if you've seen my Instagram, you've seen my YouTube videos, we have you know, a food scale on the counter. Now, I don't use the food scale a lot. I rarely use it, but I'll still use it sometimes when I really want to dial it in. But we do have, hanging on the wall, I put up hooks, and there's measuring cups on the wall, and there's measuring spoons on the wall. And like I said, today, even with my pancake, I had a measuring spoon. Uh, when I made my pancake, I, ju- I used the smallest single-serving frying pan. I made a single-serve pancake with half a banana, two eggs, half a scoop of protein. That was it. And some Ceylon cinnamon. Um, you know, So that's how we do a lot of measuring. We have nine inch plates in our house that we tend to use most of the time. Now we have regular plates too, but I try to use for the most part, we use our nine inch plates, which are the typical size plates that you tend to get in Asia. Where over here, we tend to have those 11 inch plates in our home that you get from like Ikea and everywhere else. And restaurants, you get 13 inch plates. So. That is how you control your serving sizes. Now, on my YouTube again, and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep telling you to go on my YouTube because I've been doing a lot of work. but Two things I'm really trying to do this year, okay, is YouTube and podcast. So I try to bring out a YouTube video every week. And there's a video on there right now called an easy fat loss hack from India. And what I did is when we were in India, I was staying on a meditation retreat, and we used a very basic tali plates which is a plate um sort of a tray and there's these um and and there's nicer ones you can get where it's kind of separate dishes on a nice round dish like expensive looking ones but because it was just a basic meditation retreat it's basically like a silver and one Indian gentleman said it's basically an Indian hospital tray and it's got these little indentations and what I said is you know what this is a great tool for teaching people about serving sizes. This, there's on the top, there's the really big space that takes up a quarter of the tray. I'm like, that would be your low calorie greens. That's where your greens are going to go. Beside that, to the right, is a little square. I'm like, that's about the perfect size for a portion of meat, lean meat. Then below it, was three more little round spaces. and like, okay, well, that one could be a dipping sauce or your condiments maybe. The one beside it could be where your little tray of rice goes or your pasta. And the one beside that could be your what I call middle-of-the-road vegetables. That's your maybe a your, little bit starchier vegetables, not as starchy as, say, potatoes because you're, you're probably going to have the potatoes where the rice is or whatever. But that's where you, the carrots, your corn, your peas, that sort of stuff. Your more traditional sort of, you know, vegetables. Would go there, and that is a great way to start using, uh, start learning about serving sizes. So go on to Amazon, you know, or whatever it is you got, where what country you're in, and buy yourself a real basic Indian tali plate. Go and watch that video. Now, number three, this is so important too. While we've talked about whole foods, the kind of foods you should be eating and the amounts you should be eating, we can then take it to the next step, and talk about your macros right so your protein your fat your carbs and everybody in the brother is obsessed with is it you know should i eat high carb low carb high fat you you're not asking the the most basic and important question is how much protein should i have how can i optimize my protein make sure i'm getting enough protein for me then After my protein is optimized, which is the number one thing we should be worried about, then we can decide okay, do I want to get the rest of my calories a day from more on the carbohydrate side or more on the fat side? Because studies have shown again and again and again that when calories are equal and protein is standardized, meaning both of groups get the same amount of protein and the same amount of calories. So for instance, let's say it's 2,000 calories and both groups are getting, I don't know, 800 calories from protein. I'm just going to make up some numbers off the top of my head. But the one group goes low fat, one group goes low carb. Fat loss is equal. At the end of the studies, fat loss is equal. Now, the low carb group will lose weight a little faster, but because they just tend to drop water weight a little faster, right? But within about eight weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks, whatever the studies have gone for, it shows that at the end of the day, when the protein is there, it doesn't matter which one you do. Now, there is this movement right now of demon and demonetizing, making protein the devil, right? Protein. It's, got, it's going to raise your IGF-1. It's going to raise your mTOR pathway, stimulation, which are growth pathways that make cells grow. So it has the potential to make cancer cells replicate. You're going to get cancer if you eat too much protein. But here's the thing, guys. You have to weigh the pros, the cons, the benefits. Now, if you are working out your weight training and you're utilizing that protein for muscle growth, growth, (laughs) muscle growth, that, in my opinion, will dramatically offset the negatives. Because if you are weight training properly and you are eating an optimal, not maximal amount of protein, an optimal amount of protein, which I'll talk about in a minute, you are going to be guaranteeing that you are going to be reducing sarco. Sarcopenia. sarcopenia is the loss of muscle mass as you get older and muscle it has been said and I love the saying is your organ muscle is the organ of longevity sarcopenia uh, it's related to injuries from falling on um, old age weakness uh, becoming brittle increasing um, so If we can fight sarcopenia and keep that muscle mass, you increase your chances of having a stronger body from now for good, all right? So I want to make that very clear. Is there some evidence that eating higher protein may, may increase your risk of cancer by a few percent? There is some studies that say it. Is there studies that show that eating higher protein, if you are working out and utilizing that protein, will help you live stronger, longer, and better? That is 100% yes. So protein is key, providing you're working out. Now, if you're not going to work out, you're just going to not do much and just pound away protein. That doesn't make sense either. So I'm going to say this. There are two ways that we can get more protein into our body. Number one, how much protein do you need? Well, you need about one gram of protein per lean pound of body weight, okay? So you need to know your body fat percentage, and it's not that hard. My clients in this area, when I'm dealing with people in the Vancouver area, clients that I see live, they go see Peter Schwagley. They get a DEXA scan. In your hometown, wherever you are, there's probably a DEXA scan, a bod pod, Worst case, most gyms, community centers all have bioelectrical impedance that give you a rough estimation. You can download a picture right now. Type and go to Google. I'm going to do it right now. Let's. I'm going to do it with you, okay? So we're going to type in. We're going to go to Google and type in body fat percentage images. There we go. Click on images and do-do-do-do-do. There The first one that pops up, guys or girls, and it's a picture of it's basically nine pictures of guys, and there's three to four percent, six to seven, ten to twelve, uh, right up to forty percent, and for women the same thing starts at twenty five percent. Works as oh sorry starts at uh the women was kind of weird. They kind of go backwards. Oh yeah, yes I see what they're doing here. No I don't actually. Yes yeah, so I got ten to twelve, fifteen to seventeen, twenty, twenty two, and then for some reason it pops up to twenty five at the top. But my point is. Took me all of two seconds to type in body fat percentage with a little percentage, you know, icon there, images, and I can compare myself right now to those pictures to go roughly see where I am. I go, okay, at fifteen percent, that explains about where I am right now. Then I go, okay, so I am. Uh, don't have a calculator here, but I'm two hundred pounds. 15% body fat. Let's say so at 100 pounds, 15% body fat. What that puts you at 85 pounds. 10 80, 80, times two, so 170. So I need about 170 grams of protein per day. All right? It was that easy. So there's no excuse. You can't at least come up with a pretty rough estimation of where you're at if you're just honest. Just rip off those clothes, compare yourself in the picture, look in the mirror, look at the picture, decide where you are. Now, saying that, as we get older. Okay, there's two things that happen. We actually absorb less protein. So that's why people, men and women over 40, we actually have to get in a little more protein. Or, like I said, definitely make sure you're getting in that optimized amount of one gram per pound. But why do we absorb less? Well, one of the reasons is we basically start to lose the enzymes that digest protein really well. So you can also go and get yourself a really good quality digestive enzyme. And the one you're looking for is one that contains protease. So it's easy to remember, protein, protease. Protease is the enzyme that's going to help you digest protein. A lot of the times you'll see ones with lipase, and other ones, um, I, I can't remember what they all are right now, but there's a lot of the, the less expensive ones. So usually if you're paying like under $30, you're getting ones that help you digest carbohydrates and one that digest fats really easily because those are just honestly cheaper to make and then you get very low protease. So look for one that's got a high amount or look for one that is just strictly protein, Uh protease, I should say. Now, another thing we can do is we can say, hey, you know what? Maybe I'll... We're getting back to the cancer thing. One of the things you can do is say, okay, well, maybe I'll bring down my, there's, how do I say this? I guess one of the amino acids that has been, you know, basically linked to this, the the cancer risk is leucine. And what we can do is we can take out maybe some, a protein powder for instance or any kind of meat is going to be fairly high in leucine that's what helps muscle or cells just grow and replicate so we can subtract a little bit of leucine and maybe increase it with a leucine lower leucine protein and that is collagen so that is kind of what i tend to do i will have instead of having a full scoop of say whey protein i'll have maybe two thirds of a scoop away protein and I'll cop it off with a little bit of collagen. So just a protein that has a little bit less leucine. So just I'm getting a little bit less leucine over the day, but I'm still getting in my protein. So you could do that. Aim for, like I said, maybe 0.7 grams per pound of an essential Uh, a leucine heavy protein that has your standard ways and stuff like that, and use collagen for the rest. So bring down your protein a little bit and raise your collagen up a little bit. Now, if you're still worried about cancer risks, then I suggest doing a monthly water fast for 24 to 72 hours, which has been shown that can inhibit inhibit mTOR and IGF by activating autophagy. And this seems to be a really good practice overall to help balance that growth versus breakdown. So that is what I do as well. Every single month, I do a 36-hour fast, just kind of covering all my bases. Now, fasting, I think, can tend to be a little over-exaggerated when it comes to how it can fight cancer. I think a lot of people are making these really big promises and trying to really use it to sell stuff. But I just say I cover my bases. I go, hey, you know what? My protein is pretty high. I'm 45. What I'll do is I'll bring the essential, I'll bring the leucine protein down a little bit, just a little bit though. I'm going to increase my collagen a little bit to soft place that. And I'm going to do a 36-hour water fast. And I made I treat myself, right? On that day, and it'll happen next Wednesday, I go to the sauna. So, I usually fast. I go through a bit of a process but I actually really enjoy. I look forward to my fast in a way because I will have a, I'll have kind of an Ayurvedic themed fast where I have this particular meal at dinner, a particular meal at breakfast. Then I stop eating for that day. So let's say I'm going to the sauna on Wednesday. So Monday night will be this, um, this, this particular dinner I eat. Then breakfast is the same thing. Um, then I fast for the rest of the time, just water fast on the, Wednesday morning, I don't actually have all this written, so i going off the top of my head. Wednesday morning, I like to, like to get up pretty early, about 5.30 or so. I will do some yoga and some foam rolling. So basically give myself a self-massage. I give myself a self-massage and I do some yoga. Then I like to go and I'll have a dry brush. So I'll do a dry brush and kind of get all the dead skin off. Then from there, usually... You know, I take Damon to school, drop the wife off at the train, head off to the sauna, and then I do my sauna thing, and then I'll eat something really healthy, like something like a sashimi, um, or just something really healthy, even when I get home after on Wednesday afternoon. So it's about a 36, 32-hour fast altogether, and I try to do that about once a month, and I make it a really fun event, drinking just tons of water, maybe a little bit of black coffee. So, that is three that brings us to number four and that is understanding that your food your meals there has to be personalization involved in your meals by now i'm sure you've all heard of the amazing benefits of hitting the sauna at least a couple times per week from decreasing chronic stress, boosting muscle, increasing deep tissue and brain detoxification, improving sleep, relieving pain, and even helping you live longer. And that is quite the list and that's not even close to all the benefits. But there are huge differences in the quality of infrared saunas. Differences that can literally make the difference between getting healthier or getting sicker. I mean, do you really think you can hop onto Alibaba and order some cheap sauna from some untraceable factory in China and expect it to be solid quality? I think we all know the answer to that by now. And this is why I suggest investing in only the best infrared sauna money can buy. And these are Radiant Health Saunas, a trusted Western Canadian home sauna brand founder randy gom has completed third-party comprehensive 100 point health testing on his saunas covering everything from toxic chemicals and fumes to electronic radiations he has even made sure there is zero off gassing zero toxins equal heat distribution and uses only pure canadian hemlock wood with the absolute lowest near zero emfs possible clean even heat no toxins nearly zero emfs and the one and two person models can be plugged right into your existing home wall outlets. Cost about only 40 cents to run for an entire hour and there's a model to fit any size space you currently have. Believe me, I did a lot of research into choosing the best infrared saunas for my clients, myself, and my family and Radiant Health Saunas is the clear winner bar none. And this is one of the best investments you can make to your long-term health. Check them out at www.radianthealthsaunas.com and then once you know which model you want, simply tell them Roar Alexander from the Health by Design podcast sent you and you will save $500 off any wooden model. Yes, you heard me right, $500 off any wooden model of their top quality infrared saunas. And now with that said, let's get back To health by design. So when it comes to personalization, there's, you know, different things we have to look at. For instance, your activity level, like I said before, with the protein, right? Have that high amount or, you know, that high amount, we'll call it high amount, have that high amount of protein, but make sure your weight training and make sure your activity is there. If are you sweating a lot, do you need to replace lost minerals, sodium, potassium, You know, are you cramping a lot? That could be a lot, you know, it could be a potassium or just any kind of a bunch of whole different minerals. Maybe you need more zinc. Athletes tend to be low in zinc and zinc is really connected to the immune system. So your activity level is going to dictate to a point some of your nutritional um, focuses. Saying that you have genetics, right? Genetics are going to, again, play a part in your nutritional journey. Have you got a genetic test done? Have you got any sort of, have you got maybe a hair analysis done? I got, I'm a big fan of genetic tests, which is why I work with a company called DNA Power. And I got a, when I got my genetic test, um, basically it told me that my body's not very good at converting um, beta carotene to vitamin A. So I'm probably vitamin A deficient. Uh, My body's actually not very good at synthesizing protein. And actually my diet has to be higher in protein um, based on the amount of the absorbs, and also the my body does not like to really build muscle. So I learned a few things. I, you know, and so there's lots of great stuff that you can learn from a genetic test that will help you. So your genes play a part. There's gut biome test to see, you know, maybe there's particular things that you need to eat for your gut biome. Are you getting in your probiotics, right? Are you getting in your prebiotics? Now, depending on where you live, they're going to have different issues. There's going to be different... Uh, and. Environmental aspects. When I lived in Bangkok, for instance, a lot of bad quality air, especially come here to Vancouver. So you may want to eat foods that are more cleansing, that are going to help with that phase one and two detoxification, foods that are going to help you with your lungs, right? So you have emotional connections to food. So you have to look at that too. There's cultural traditions. So You really do have to think of your personalization when it comes to food. But the easiest place I'd start with, like I said, is your physical activity. Uh, If you're more active or you're less active, that'll dictate your calories. That'll dictate, like I said, your protein to a point. And then think about looking into some really easy genetic tests or even just if you just see a nutritionist quite often they'll just give you a lifestyle consultation and they'll look for patterns and those patterns can say okay you may be deficient in this or you may be getting too much of that for instance if you don't eat a lot of red meat you could be vitamin um, b12 deficient you if you don't get a lot of sunshine you could be in the good that's an environmental thing and a cultural thing at the same time because even people in bangkok thailand have shown that they're deficient in vitamin d like well how is that possible they live in a place that's sunny all year round well it's because they're inside the malls or inside their offices all throughout the day because basically the sun comes up there at six and sets at six most of the year round the workday starts kind of nine to five people get up they do their things not like they're running around in the sun in the morning you know they get dressed they put on their clothes they get into a train they get to work so they don't see the sun a lot except maybe a little bit on weekends and even culturally a lot of asian um cultures they don't like to get out in the sun you go go thailand the pools are empty in the daytime so they need to add in vitamin d so that could be something else that you are probably missing so keep that in mind is the personalization of your nutrition now next we have timing and while the other stuff i talked about so far is more important in the long run there's quite a bit of evidence that timing is important. And the way I talk about timing, I, I'm going to make it really easy. I'm not getting into studies. In Ayurveda, which is about a 6,000-year-old traditional medicine, they have what's called the Ayurvedic clock. The Ayurvedic clock tells us that we should be eating more in the morning, the afternoon, and less at night. We have old European, there's the old European um, Was it philosophy principle, Eat like a king at breakfast, a prince at lunch, a pauper at dinner. Chinese medicine tells us to eat less at dinner. And now new circadian science is telling us, hey, you probably should not be eating late at night, two to three hours before you go to bed, just because it messes up your sleep. It messes up your circadian rhythm. Circadian rhythm is kind of that master timer for your cells, for your body that tells you it's nighttime. It's time to rest and digest. Well, while it is heavily connected to light it is also connected to movement and it is also connected to what you eat so when you eat food late at night before bed your body is digesting it and it makes your organs it makes your body think oh I'm awake I'm getting nutrients so I have to stay awake so really making sure that you're trying your best to yes get in your proper amount of calories for sure getting in your good quality proteins and eating whole foods are going to be number one. Looking at your personalization, what is it you need more of? Maybe what is it you need less of? But then it, once you get that wrapped up, so don't think you got to do all this at once. Once you get that wrapped up, then look at your day and say, okay, I go to bed at, you know, say 10.30 p.m. I need to make sure I'm done eating by no later than probably Eight, I'd like to see it closer to seven. Really, you should try to be not eating too much after seven, but it depends on your situation, of course. So looking at back that and saying, okay, how can I make sure I'm done eating at least two, if not three hours minimum before bed? So lock that in after you have those other first four things taken care of. I want to make that very, very clear. Number six on nutrition made easy is just eating together. When you eat together, you will tend to eat less. Eating is a social connection thing, and yet we've made it, so we're just eating, you know, we're eating by ourselves, we're not eating together, we're not enjoying our meals with people. So I really want you to try as often as you can to eat together with someone. If you have a family Use the kitchen table. Use the dining room table. In my house, most of the time, I'm not going to lie, it's not all the time, but most of the time we sit together and we eat and we talk and the TV is on in the living room. We are talking and eating in the kitchen. So that kind of ties in with number seven, which is being mindful of while you are eating. Eat slower. Taste your food. Studies have shown, it's kind of interesting, that when you eat your food, let's say you're a pretty quick eater, what you can do is this. Try eating half of your meal, your pro- portioned out, by the way, properly portioned out meal. Eat it at your regular speed for about half of your meal. Then when you reach about halfway through, you look down your plate, you're like, it's about halfway gone. Slow down. That has been shown to actually help people lose weight by slowing down. They're just People just tend to eat just slower. people just tend to eat fast. But one of the worst things we could do, if we don't want to get that technical, is just mindless eating, just scarfing down food where you just kind of eat so fast, you're like, wow, I barely even really didn't taste it. And I catch myself on that sometimes. Sometimes I'll be eating really fast, but I'm like, just, hey, you know what? I'm just going to slow down and just really taste the food. Chew it a little longer, roll that food around. And you're just going to find, the food just becomes so, It just the taste, is, you're just more happy with your meals. You can even start to notice maybe the subtle taste that you didn't really notice. And if you start doing that, you'll find you don't need to add in all the sugars and all the flavor enhancers because you'll start to naturally notice the flavors in the food. So that is being mindful. And then number eight, I spent a lot of time earlier talking about macronutrients and this is what a lot of people talk about you know the, there's even the if it fits your macros if it fits your macros a lot of people macro 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 but micronutrients are so important right now if you're eating whole foods you are going to be getting a lot of micronutrients but there's some great ways to get even more and from that i have set up what i call my shift principles and shift means spices herbs Infusions, fragrance, and taste, right? So that means adding more low-calorie, high-nutrient foods or ingredients. Well, they are foods, but ingredients into your meals by using things, like I said, spices, fresh spices, fresh or dried herbs adding in things like now an infusion you might be well what's an infusion exactly well think of cucumber water think of orange water one of my favorite infusions when i was in indonesia for instance was we used to go to this restaurant and we would order their mint uh, coke was it mint cucumber i think was a mint cucumber mint cucumber water i believe is what it was so it had fresh twigs of mint in it and cucumber and it was so good now fragrance that's again is you can add some fragrant foods or fragrant ingredients into your food which is an infusion of a kind so i'll give you an example in thailand one of my favorite rices that i used to have was pandan rice or even pandan chicken so they would take these pandan leaves which is kind of the asian's answer to vanilla and you would get you could Add the leaves into your steamed rice and the pandan flavor would go into the rice. Another popular one, Thailand, Malaysia, uh, Singapore, is wrapping um, grilled chicken or fried chicken even in pandan leaves and getting that pandan flavor into the food. So, Get the, you know, we've heard, you've heard of fragrant rice, adding in some fragrant coconut. So thinking of ways to infuse your foods, to get in smells, and to get in just delicious tastes, that is really going to help you. And the Spices and herbs and infusions, basically low to no calories at all, yet tons of benefits. I can't go over them all now, right? But you got cinnamon, Ceylon cinnamon uh, to, to be exact can help, you know, balance blood sugar levels. Black pepper mixed with turmeric can help. The black pepper helps with the absorption of turmeric, which, of course, turmeric helps with fighting inflammation. And it's been used a lot. Curcumin, which is used a lot of joint formulas. That's just a couple examples right there. Even pandan was traditionally used to help lower fevers and as a pain relief. Basically, it was a natural aspirin. So, you know, you won't have to be like popping away ibuprofen. Maybe eat a little more pandan rice. So, really great principle i got there the tea tasting just means like literally you're just adding all these things to get taste but it just sounded really cool you know shift your life shift your food but adding in and getting in those micronutrients by adding in spices herbs like i said adding in things that will infuse either a scent or infuse some flavor into your food a guy used to go to in thailand made this a really good it was a little street guy and he had green tea coffee. And basically what he did is he brewed green tea into coffee. I was like, that, that, you're, you're a genius. <laughs> you know, uh, mocha is kind of the same thing. I'll have these mochas here a bit, um, which is uh, coffee with some cocoa powder with some cinnamon. And it's called a Mexican mocha, you know, whatever you want to call it. But that's that's another example of how we can kind of uh, infuse some nutrients into something as simple as a coffee. So that's it, guys. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. What are we going on, 49 minutes now? Um, Let me know what you think. Obviously, if you'd be so kind as to give me a five-star review. I believe it's five stars. Apple has a five-star review on Apple. And then, of course, always going and checking out my website at www.roaralexander.com. I'm always, of course, here to help you live stronger, longer, and better. And I have a lot of great programs. i got my health pro team that's waiting to help you up. And some great one-on-one coaching programs to help you lose weight and feel great. And until next time, I will see you later. This has been the Health by Design podcast with Canada's leading healthy living expert and wellness architect, Roar Alexander. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe to Health by Design through your favorite podcast provider. And then don't forget to join me at www.roaralexander.com to stay up to date with my latest blogs, speaking events, and exclusive interviews with guests from all around the world. While you're there, be sure to check out my coaching options to help you on your own personal health journey, set up your free call, and together, let's see how I can help you starting today. And until next time, remember... I'm here to help you live stronger, longer, and as always, better.